Good morning and welcome to Monday in Manhattan. This is our weekly broadcast from City Administration to keep you in the loop. You can find out more about local government at the city's website, cityofmhk.com. Hi, good morning. It is Monday, March 8th, already March 8th. And uh, we're here to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the Parks and Rec Department here at the City of Manhattan. Uh, my name is Vivian Uccello. I'm the Public Information Officer for the city. And um, guys, I'm going to have you introduce yourselves too. Eddie, if you will start, let us know your name and your title and how long you've been with the city. And if you could explain a little bit, um, explain your role a little bit for those who might not be familiar. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Vivian, and happy to be here this morning. Yes, I'm Eddie Eastus. I'm the director of Parks and Recreation, City of Manhattan. Um, I've been with the city now for upwards 15, close to 16 years. Um, I came originally as the park superintendent, um, specifically with parks, and um, have advanced to the position I'm in today. And just, you know, what is the City of Manhattan Parks and Recreation? Well, we're we, uh, we are a large department. Um, we include, uh, we like to say A to Z, as we say, the animal shelter clear to uh, the zoo. Uh, we have the Discovery Center within our department. Uh, we have city parks, which manage all our outdoor spaces. Uh, we have the Douglas Center, uh, as I said, Sunset Zoo, but a big part of our department also is our recreation division, which you know, provides opportunities for people to participate, programs, activities, and of course, aquatics is a substantial piece of that as well. So I'm uh, very happy to be here and, and um, very, very happy that we're able to start initiating some programs and activities for the community. So uh, I know we're all pretty excited about that for sure. Thank mm -hmm. you. Randy, if you will um, kind of introduce yourself too, please. Good morning. Uh, my name is Randy Clifford. I'm the director of recreation for the city of Manhattan. I've been in my position about five and a half years. I'm creeping up. It's hard to believe I'm creeping up on about 40 years of experience in the field now. So that's 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 getting to be a big number. Yeah, that's no, a lot I, of activities over the years. That's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I've been involved with organizing and and how the the uh, the privilege of working in several different communities over the course of my career. I work with all the recreation programs, facilities. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Everything from aquatics uh, with our uh, water parks and uh, the, the ice rink in the wintertime to um, recreation programs. Some of the major program areas are adult sports, youth sports, arts and humanities, uh, facilities. Uh, we work a lot with recreation facilities and uh, not only utilizing those for our own programs, but also uh, uh, reserving and, and renting those out to the community to use, um, working with a lot of our uh, outdoor athletic complexes, the scheduling use of those. And, and, and probably some of our most exciting news is very soon uh, gearing up to open a couple of new recreation centers, um, actually three new recreation centers, but two that are um, over uh, on the recreation side more with um, the Anthony Recreation Center and the Eisenhower Recreation Center. So Really excited about those coming on board here very soon, and we can obviously talk more about that this morning. But uh, that'll be also part of uh, our our uh, kind of scope of operation as we uh, get those new facilities open. Yeah, so already lots going on and about to get bigger. Let's go ahead and talk about those activity centers. Um, 
the Douglas, Anthony, and Eisenhower. Can you give us an update on the timeline, first of all? Mm -hmm. Well, I might just touch base on, on the Douglas Center first, and Randy could jump in on the other ones. Uh, the Douglas Center is going to be open first, and we, we do, uh, we have kind of a tentative grand opening right now for, I believe, March 25th is what we're looking at. Um, that's a Thursday, but kind of a soft opening before we go into a weekend. Um, been a very, very successful project. Um, Bruce McMillan Architects has been the, the lead team on the design aspect of that. Trinium Construction um, is the contractor for the facility. Uh, then both those um, both those teams have, have done a great job in, in giving us a very, very nice facility for the community to use. Um, two basketball courts, volleyball courts, uh, multiple pickleball courts, um, elevated walking track, and uh, a couple different uh, community type, you know, fitness rooms that the community will be able to use. And we'll be offering programs and activities out of that facility. And um, we have some nice exercise space in the facility as well. So people, people need to pay attention to that date, March 25th is what we're looking at as a grand opening. And uh, if you haven't been by, um, it, it's, it's worth seeing without a doubt. Um, it's very attractive evening time with the light, you know, coming through all the natural windows and openings. Um, Yuma 9th Street is the location uh, between Yuma and Fort Riley Boulevard. We call it the uh, Douglas Complex almost now because we have the Douglas Center which has been in place for many, many years, as well as the Douglas Center Annex and now the new Douglas Activity Center. So very exciting um, for this to open up and become available to the community. Yeah, I've driven by, I haven't seen the inside, but I've heard the courts in there are fantastic. Workout space, the, the track, there's an elevated track for indoor walking. Um, and I noticed like there's still, there's some ground torn up around. Is that gonna be parking or is that gonna stay green space? Or can you talk about that just, just real briefly? Yeah, the parking improvements are going to occur um, once we get the facility open. We've been okay. using the uh, existing parking lot that the, the bread basket as well as the Douglas Center Annex um, share and use, but it's also been kind of our construction laydown. It's been a pretty, uh, pretty busy area, so getting the construction completed, getting that parking lot cleaned back up. Um, we are then gonna have to do some improvements to that parking lot um, after we've opened up the facility. And we originally had envisioned um, parking lot improvements as part of the construction project, but we were concerned with the overall cost of the project. So we had to pull that parking lot improvement out of the project. Um, we, if we, we still work, uh, we'll work with Public Works Potentially, we might be able to do it internally with our own city forces. Um, we're, we're working on that and expecting a design back from a consultant here in the next couple of weeks that we can then start um, implementing those parking lot improvements. But um, it's going to have to be an ongoing you know, improvement after we open the facility up. And always lots of steps to get yes. things rolling for sure. And I, for the people who are watching, um, I'm gonna try to check in and look in the comment section to see if you have any questions. Um, if, I, if I miss you or we don't have time to answer your question, I'll go back and text later and fill in those details, but do feel free to ask your questions as they come up and we'll do our best to answer them for you. Um, for the other two um, indoor recreation facilities, I know we've got a lot to talk about today, but do you have a timeline for those openings? You know, the feature is gonna be about the same. 
I know people are, are curious about those. They are. We, we do have a, a, a rough timeline. Um, we anticipate that the Anthony uh, Recreation Center, which again, for those folks who aren't aware, the Anthony and Eisenhower Recreation Centers will be facilities that will be attached to the, the middle schools by the same name. Uh, so they're basically built on, on those sites and they're being attached um, to what is an addition for the school district that's being con you know, under construction at the same time. And so that as, they, as they add a wing, get ready to bring sixth graders into the middle school, we'll be adding uh, our new facilities uh, and actually will be preceding their opening, you know, before they um, actually start taking students in their, their, new part, their, their new part of the building. But Anthony, we're looking at something in the late April First of May timeframe, um, we we anticipate move-in will start uh, for us somewhere in you know mid to late uh, March, a little bit later this month. We will start uh, as they wind down construction. We'll start to move-in process, and then uh, Eisenhower will be a little bit later. And those two those two facilities were always kind of sequenced that way to be um, basically built one uh, kind of in in uh, about a two or three month timeframe behind the other one, so that they could kind of sequence all of their um, contractors and, and move from one facility to the other. We anticipate it will open in late uh, late June, early July um, as they wrap up construction, probably late May, 1st of June, that, that time frame. Uh, those facilities uh, have some of the sim similar amenities to the uh, Douglas Center on a little larger scale. We'll have a total of four basketball courts and two separate gyms. The school and what we kind of call the public side and the school side, the school side will be available for the school district to use uh, during school days, um, but then, then it'll still be available for the public to use evenings, weekends, summers, anytime when school's not in session or, or utilizing it. And then we have a, what we call the public side, which have two additional gyms and also encompasses kind of the, the central core of the building, which has the mezzanine level. We have an elevated walking track in both those facilities as well. We have a large uh, multi-purpose room that'll be you know, equipped with uh, appropriate um, um, AV to you know, host a variety of meetings and functions and presentations, and also an adjoining uh, kitchen that will be set up for essentially as a catering kitchen and will be, be used as a catering kitchen or can be used for concessions if we have events in the building that require concessions. And we have just some open you know, lobby and lounge space on both levels that'll accommodate some of the, the larger groups if we have an event going on in the facility. And, and then we'll have some you know, office space and administrative space for some of our staff will be you know, housed at the, each of the facilities. So very similar, a uh, little larger scale. Um, it will be um, something that uh, will be able to allow the public to access the building even during school hours because of the way these facilities have been designed. Working together with McCown Gordon and their design team then um, these have also been very, you know, uh, very good uh, projects in terms of being able to work very closely with them and to have a lot of input and involvement throughout the process with, you know, site walks and a lot of a lot of coordination meetings. And so I think we're going to end up with a really good good product in these two facilities too. And uh, we're going to go from, a, you know, time when we had a couple of gyms that were built back in the 40s and 50s to now having 10 new gyms potentially that could be utilized for a variety of, of programs and not new gyms, new, I clarified 10 new courts that can, in, in three different facilities that can be utilized for, you know, some, some fairly large scale activities. And so a great benefit for the community and having courts that we've just not had the access to in the past. And also maybe the opportunity to bring some events and uh, 
tournament type things into the community um, throughout the year that would also be beneficial for you know, economic development too. That's amazing. Just as the summer's starting to heat up, we'll have all these great indoor spaces that we can get active and do some things um, kind of out of the heat. So that's fantastic. And I know um, we are all like, we've, we've all had a really rough year. Like we're all excited by the idea that sports are like sports programs and kids programs, all these things are going to happen this year. Can you talk about um, some of the offerings? I know the registration process has started on some of these things and maybe about to close on some of the activities. So you could give people just a quick scattershot picture of, you know, what's Parks and Rec up to this season and in the summer? Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about that. I'm pleased to be able to kind of be uh, gearing up to, to offer some programming again after having things shut down for an extended period of time. Our staff is very excited to bring some of these things you know, back to the community. And we are gearing up to get some of our um, adult youth sports underway. Uh, adult sports, we're focusing on a lot of our indoor programming. Uh, we, we've had some limited adult programming already, so we'll now continue to, to expand on our adult volleyball leagues, adult pickleball, uh, the Flint Hill Summer Volleyball League, which is a, basically a high school, junior high uh, age uh, summer volleyball league that we host every year. I'll be able to host that probably in our own facility as opposed to having to use other facilities in the community. Um, and then as they look, and then looking into the summer, they'll, they'll expand on some of those leagues um, with um, more opportunities for the number of participants because we'll have a little bit more space to work with. In the area of youth sports, which is an area we've kind of been, you know, more or less shut down other than a couple of clinics that we were able to offer, we'll be getting into some my my what we call our My First Sports um, programs this spring and summer, My First Sports for soccer and then also for t-ball. And then uh, our our summer uh, t-ball, softball, baseball leagues for K to six. Um, registration is underway for those now. So we're going to probably that'll be the, kind of the first um record league type programs that we're actually be able to, to, to resume, you know, after the shutdown. And so we're very excited to be offering those and you can, you can register for those now online um, at, at our uh, website. Um, and it, it is uh, opportunity for, uh, you know, just, as you said, starting to move back toward some sense of normalcy here where we can offer some programming and have kids have opportunities to get involved in activities this summer. We're also doing our, our little tumblers program, which is in conjunction with uh, one of the local uh, gymnastics facilities. We've offered classes there. And we see um, by hopefully the intent is by fall to kind of start moving back into more of our, our full lineup of activities um, and everything permitting with with how we're moving, you know, hopefully moving forward with uh, the uh, pandemic and, and being able to uh, get people out a little bit more. And so that, that means as we head toward fall, things like flag football and volleyball some of our programming that we typically do in the fall for youth will be will be on the docket too and we'll have the opportunity to offer those too so we're, and we'll start getting back in some of our camps like our little volleyball our volleyball camp um, and you know some, some camp offerings that will be starting to work toward one of the things i wanted to mention too is that we will begin to focus on developing a little bit of programming that we can house in our new facilities when we didn't necessarily have that space before so now our, now our program staff can really start look toward what kinds of things can we do um, that we can now because we have some space available we can offer some things even in seasons when we wouldn't traditionally do that so less reliance on having to utilize you know school gyms and being able to host more programs in our own facilities will be a, a big plus 
and the arts and humanities area, we're focusing on uh, getting uh, arts in the park up and running and trying to offer some sort of a, a nice uh, lineup, probably on a little bit of a, of a, a reduced uh, schedule, but it'll be somewhat that it'll be a way for us to kind of work back into, into that as we kind of determine what we will think would be appropriate for, for mass gathering for that event. And then um, our little Apple Day Camp, we'll be getting ready to open registration on that later this month. And again, that's a very popular summer program that's always in high demand. And we'll be able to uh, open that up with most of our capacity in that program. So we're excited about being able to bring that back as well. Well, and, and Randy, coupled, coupled with that, um, the zoo and the Discovery Center, they also will be offering you know, camps this summer. And uh, very, very similar to the Lapple Day Camp, we'll probably, we might reduce our numbers a little bit, but we'll just continue to react you know, to the conditions in the community. But I'm um, very excited that we're going to be able to offer you know, quite a quite a lineup of camps from a variety of locations this coming summer. So I know that's been a big question for the community, and we're, we're happy to say that, that, yes, we'll be progressing with camps this summer. And are signups open for that yet, or it, is that still a little ways out? A little Apple Day Camp, I know, will be March, I believe that's March 26th. I believe that's correct, or maybe it's April 1st. It okay. that last it's that last week of March, first of April timeframe. So. Okay. And people can look at the mhkprd.com website if you've got questions. I know we I'm impressed that so much is going on. And I I don't know, after after the year we've had, I know we're all excited to have mm -hmm. something to do. One thing I know people will have questions about, or um, maybe you can just tell us what do people need to know about safety precautions that that are in place in order to, part to participate in some of these programs. Well, and we'll, we'll continue to, um, as Eddie said, continue to react to whatever the guidelines are that'll be in place as, as those program time timeframes come about. But uh, we've, I think we've, this, you know, the city of Manhattan with the mask ordinance and with some of the other things that we've done with our reopening plans, we've been pretty aggressive in trying to promote safety and, and just the, you know, the ex expanded or enhanced sanitation efforts in a lot of our facilities. And so we have a lot of those uh, protocols in place already, and we'll continue to follow those as we as we move through this um, this this year and start to bring some of the programming uh, opportunities back you know back to the table. Um, how we how we respond to what we do for our our patrons and the participants and programs, we'll we'll look to guidance from whatever kind of ordinance or health order is in place at that time. We'll also, you know, continue to follow some of the guidelines that we have put in place internally for each of our facilities. And for example, with, you know, talking about the water parks opening this summer, um, we'll be developing, you know, guidelines for what that looks like and how we, how we incorporate mask use. Obviously, it's not, it's not um, uh, very uh, practical to, to wear a mask when you're in the water, but we'll certainly try to do the things we can to protect our staff and to give uh, patrons an opportunity to, uh, you know, protect themselves the best they can when they're in some of the, on the decks or in some of the common areas of the facility still. Uh, and we may have some limitations on, on the, uh, the number of people that are allowed in the facilities. Some of the things that we're developing, we'll have all those things, those guidelines in place before we open for the season. But that, that work is in progress right now. Well, and Vivian, I think it's important that we do note that um, we've made the decision that we are not going to be opening SECO pool this year. We're going to concentrate our efforts at Northview and at City Park. And part of that is just simply a, um, a staffing 
uh, ability, um, our park staff manage and prepare uh, the, the operational aspects of the pools. And we just, we don't feel confident that uh, we have enough staff to be able to effectively, you know, get all three pools up and running in a, in a, in a time frame that would allow the community to use those. So we're focusing on Northview and City Park as those two pools that we'll be uh, having available for the community this summer. And that splash park in City Park is gonna open too, where kids kind of yes. squirt each other with water. Yes, it will. It's yeah, very, very popular. And, and typically we always have it opened up before we open up any of our aquatic centers and we'll, we'll follow that same schedule. Um, I'm not gonna tell you an exact date yet. Um, again, we're, we're down quite a few staff members within our Parks and Recreation Department and certainly affects our ability to be able to deliver like we have in the past, but um, we're doing what we can to get everything available for the community. And yes, the Splash Park will be open and available for the community this summer. That's wonderful. And thank you guys for all your hard work. I know it's been challenging to, to figure out how to how to operate with reduced staff and inability to hire seasonal staff. And um, in addition to kind of all the, the programs, you guys manage all the facilities and the um, even the, the cemeteries in town. So that's one thing when I started working for the city, I was really surprised to learn that Parks and Rec takes care of all of these things. They all fall under your umbrella. So one of the largest departments of the city. And I think sometimes um, just from the public going out participating in things, we miss some of the scope of all the things you do. So just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for all that. I know it's it's been a challenging year. So we're excited to have some fun things to look forward to. Um, one of the fun things, um, murals in town, Parks and Rec um, is responsible for helping to install the, the public art, the sculptures downtown. And if you can talk a little bit about that and maybe plans to continue and then some murals going on. And then I think we're gonna be, um, that might be the last thing we have time to talk about, but Randy, um, could you share some yeah. information about that? Sure. Uh, in my role with working with the Arts and Humanities Advisory Board and as a staff liaison, we've tried to, um, I guess, move forward a little bit with getting some public art opportunities in the community. And we did, uh, were successful in last year in uh, securing some uh, funding and being able to go through a process to develop a, uh, a juried public art exhibition that's been in place uh, kind of in the downtown area on the third street corridor we've got uh, 10 installations uh, from blue earth plaza up to the third street pocket park and we encourage people to go out to check those out they haven't had the opportunity to do that already it sets up pretty nicely for the walking tour uh, each one of those um, installations um, primarily um, sculpture but a little bit of other types of things too but they each, each have a, a placard with a uh, you can actually scan the 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 uh, code, the, uh, oh, help me out. QR code. That's the word I'm looking for. QR code on those and get information about um, the uh, uh, particular artists in that particular um, installation. So that is, is slated to um, be deinstalled um, later this spring. Um, we are delayed a little bit in terms of moving forward with another cycle of that particular um, program because we've kind of backed up a little bit and we're working on, and part of this has to do with working with the, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation and the Deal Fund, Deal Community Fund. We've got some opportunity for some um, ongoing funding to help support some of the uh, public art 
uh, projects and initiatives that we'd like to see in the community, but we need to do a little bit of uh, background work in terms of getting uh, a donated art policy in place. And so right now, AHAB is working with uh, a committee to develop a, a policy, a little more comprehensive policy, which will then need to be reviewed um, by city legal and by um, the manager's office to, to maybe bring to the commission by this summer and to try to get a, a donated art policy in place so that we have kind of something a little bit more guidance in, in, in place in terms of how, how that process works, how we're able to accept donated art, how we're, how we're able to accept funding for donated art. And there's a little bit more of a, uh, of a, a map, roadmap to follow on that for the uh, process. So I think that's exciting. Um, and I know I'll let Eddie speak to the Douglas project a little bit, but um, we have other projects and, and things in mind that we'd like to pursue. Um, after we kind of get this uh, our policy in place, but that will that will allow someone like GMCF for anybody that wants to, you know, uh, from private or public sources that would like to provide funding for, you know, some sort of art, uh, it'll allow more of the mechanism for doing that. All right, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for all the work you're doing. I have a, a quick, quick question um, online. Alan was asking about the possibility of Seco Park being opened in 2022. Has the planning process started for that? And if you have you looked at that yet? I would anticipate that you know we'll we'll look toward trying to get back to full capacity as soon as we're able. Um, but it, it is right now our, our efforts are focused on 21 and trying to get. A couple of water parks to open. There's some of the challenges are by losing a season as we did last year. We've got facilities that have been, you know, out of operation much longer, and so we may, we may encounter some things that we don't normally have occur because of that, that uh, that limited uh, or increased downtime, I should say, that limits um, the operation of our equipment. And like you normally would have each summer, um, we didn't we didn't get that last year. And then also the just the, the staffing and, and you know funding capabilities. Um, hopefully, you know the uh, as the city's uh, budget continues to to uh, recover from what's occurred with the pandemic, uh, that will allow us to look at um, those options as uh, we move forward. But um, our focus right now is just trying to get all of our people back after missing a season and and uh, being able to, to do a good job of operating two facilities and. It's certainly, I'm sure it'll, it'll be in the conversation for next year. All right, thank you so much. Thank you guys both for all your hard work, all the hard work done by your staff. And we're excited to get out there and, and start having sports and programs and all that stuff again. So thank you to everyone who uh, was listening and watching. If I didn't get to your questions or comments, um, I'll circle back and answer those in the text. We're also going to be sharing um, the audio from today on our pod on our Monday in Manhattan podcast that'll be available wherever you get your podcast. So thank you guys so much and we will be back next week with another update about what's going on in the city. So thank you so much guys. Thanks, thank Jim. you. Thanks for hosting us. Thank you. <laughs>